Hello everyone and welcome back to SGTV. We hope everyone out there is staying safe and either back at work or back to learning or whichever the case may be. And today we're joined by Mark Allison from Apprentice One to One. So Mark, it's, uh, it's very good to have you on the show and joining us today. It's, uh, it's good to hear from you. Um, so can you give us a bit of a brief background about yourself and how you came to set up Apprentice One to One? Yeah, of course. Thanks very much for having me on anyway. I appreciate that. Uh, primarily, I'm a small electrical contracting business. Been uh, going since 2006 and since the lockdown happened and the furlough situation and then redundancies from that, I'd noticed a number of inquiries coming into my business from apprentices who lost their job placements. And I thought that this is maybe perhaps more widespread in the industry than we'd all like at the moment. And there wasn't really much happening to help or support apprentices and employers. So I thought it was something that would be needed just to help in the interim through this COVID pandemic, really. But as it's grown, it seems that other people believe this could be something that's needed more longer term anyway, and perhaps historically. So, so what, what exactly is, um, does Apprentice One to One do? Well, at the minute, we're trying to link up apprentices with employers. And primarily, that's the aim. So apprentices will get in touch to say that they've lost their jobs. And this is, this is happening all over the country. We get maybe 10 to 12 at the moment in touch every day. And it's just using a network of people who we've got registered on social media platforms, such as LinkedIn and Instagram, to join them up with employers who do have some um, work placements at the moment. And even if they can't employ them, just an opportunity to go and finish off portfolios complete their NVQs and, and get qualified. Uh, obviously, there's not a lot of recruitment going on at the moment, so it's hard to get everybody back in employment. But we can definitely give people a chance to finish the portfolios with site-based opportunity to, to do that. Yeah. Have, have you had much success so far getting people either back into work or at least getting some experience? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot easier to start with. We've got about 70, I think, so far who are back in new jobs. I've been lost them uh, through the pandemic that uh, where they lost the jobs we've managed to get 70 back in employment there's about maybe 10 to 15 i think who've had practical support just getting out on the tools and finishing off some portfolio work it's not just young apprentices either we've got some adult learners who are in the group who've reached out for help they've been through like the short course training routes and they don't yeah. adequately experienced and qualified so it's getting those guys an opportunity to go out and work with skilled and trained electricians and learn the ins and outs of what goes on on site yeah so, so what do you what do you get out of this? I mean, is it purely you just want to be helping people? Um, is it, it, it's just kind of spiral, to be honest. It's not really a set plan that I've laid out to go along doing this. It's just I initially wanted to help a few people. The idea was if I helped five or ten, then that's that's better than not doing anything. Um, and as it's gone along, other people have become involved as well, and it's just kind of spiraled into what it seems to be growing into. Um, and, and the idea is now just to try and help as many people as we can, even employers with information about help they can get from the government, um, some training materials so apprentices can go off and, and do that. And, and employers as well. We've got um, some people on the website who are offering some marketing advice. It's not just about joining people together. It's offering that support and information as well. Yeah. What, what help is there for the employers? Because obviously you've mentioned about how um, a lot of it is aimed at apprentices and learners. I mean, historically, you get the £1,000 grant for taking on an apprentice from the government who was aged up to 18. But recently, the Chancellor announced some new measures to help encourage people to take on apprentices. 
And from age eight, uh, 16 to 24, you can get another £2,000 at the moment for taking on an apprentice. Uh, over 24s, it's £1,500. And that's in addition to the £1,000 that you could have before. There's still a few grey areas in that. We're not sure if an apprentice has already had the £1,000 acclaimed from the first employer and then be made redundant if it can then be claimed again to re-employ them. Uh, normally that wouldn't be the case, but we think under the current circumstances that that might be made possible. We're still waiting on the um, actual application process for those grants to be revealed. It was supposed to be out on the 1st of August, but as yet it's not in the public domain or you can't actually apply for it. We just know it's coming. Yeah. The, the workplace one as well so if you if you take somebody who's actually on universal credit or benefits you can have up to 25 hours of their uh, weekly wages paid for in full by the government as well do you think employers um know this before they're getting involved with you do you think there's enough information being relayed to people out there no i mean since those announcements were made by the chancellor i don't think there's been an awful lot of publicity around it obviously they seem pretty focused on the, the health implications from from COVID and, and rightly so. So I guess the, their attention is getting that message into the public rather than the support for jobs and employers taking on apprentices. I guess it's a difficult one for them. How, yeah. how do they tackle it best? It's not an easy place to be. But that what is there and we've got a link on the website directing over to the government's um, announcement of those packages. Uh, it's quite a long document. There's loads of other things in there as well, but it's full of helpful information for employers. Yeah. I suppose it is quite a difficult thing to balance, isn't it? The, you're, you're either trying to encourage you know, people to stay healthy and, and give information on that. At the same time, everyone wants to get the economy back and running and people back to work. And it's definitely a, a, a bit of a balance, that part. It's really tough. And to try and encourage people to em employ at the moment as well, it, it's not an easy sell, is it? Because businesses are on the brink of failing all over, it seems. Um, so, you know, it's it's not not a simple solution. But, I mean, that support is there. And if you are looking to take apprentices, there's never been a better time um, from a, a, terms of grants available in the history of employing apprentices. I don't think there's never been anything like this before. And it is only a short term programme, I think, from August to January. It's not something that's going to run indefinitely. So if you are considering taking on apprentices, now, now is a good time to really look at that. Definitely, yeah. You mentioned previously that you um, thought something like this should have been about even before all COVID. So what, why do you think that would be? Yeah, I mean, historically in the, in the trades in general, it seems to be we've got this um, mindset of agency work and there's not so much drive to have apprentices anymore. Um, I don't know exactly why that is because it, it's a tried and tested system that works quite well. But, you know, employers tend now not to want that commitment to taking somebody on for four or five years. Uh, and I don't think there's enough um, drive uh, from industry itself to get people into apprentices and looking into the, the career sector as well, advice in schools. People tend to go more towards a, an academic route, if you like, than into a, a trade or an apprentice in anything, really. Um, it's just something for me that's been neglected for quite a while. And that's the message we're getting from a lot of lecturers who are in the group. That, you know, they've not had that investment in time or money for a long, long time. Uh, and there's not the employers there generally anyway. And, and a lot of us just aren't aware of this. It's kind of this, this COVID pandemic, if you like, that's highlighted it to us. Uh, perhaps there's more we could have been doing for much longer. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Where do you think um, your apprentice one-to-one -one is going to go? How, how do you think you're going to try and project this even further to get a bigger reach? 
I mean, that's the big thing at the moment. We're trying to reach employers desperately because we've got a big long list of apprentices. And it's just to try and grow a group of people who are responsible for it. At the moment, it seems to be a lot about me. I guess we need to look at maybe putting some trustees who are looking after this group rather than just myself. So it can grow further and bigger. Uh, obviously, I'm limited in the time and resources I've got myself to put in it. I do have a day job and it's starting to get to the stage where I've not got the time to get around everyone who is getting in touch. So I've got to be realistic with that. Um, but ultimately, it's to just try and get that message out there that there is a group of people now who are willing to put that time and support there for others. Um, and actually structuring it more sensibly for the future. That's something that we do need to tackle sooner rather than later, but there's no grand plan for that at present. Um, so, you know, we, we, we need to really focus on that, I guess. Yeah. Have you got any good success stories that you could share with us? Because I'd imagine if someone can actually see that who, someone who might have been released from their apprenticeship or, or whatever if they can see that this genuinely is helping, that's surely going to be a big perk for them and a big incentive to, to get in touch and mention this type of thing to more people. Yeah, completely agree. And we've had a couple of the apprentices who have done posts on Instagram in particular about success with their new employers and thanking everyone who's given them some help and, and support in making that happen. Um, so, so that has already taken place, but, but lots of them just seem to have gone off into the new jobs and not really made that engagement, which is a little bit frustrating I guess but you know you can't make people do that we're out we are asking and it's not just the apprentices either we're asking people who've already gone through that process and we're now qualified electricians to start telling their stories a bit through the apprentice one-to-one -one, uh, website and social media accounts just to give apprentices that inspiration if you like to keep trying and carry on because it'd be very easy for them at the minute to think that everything's just stacked against them um, I'm not ever going to get to finish this and what's the point anyway kind of attitude. So I want people who are qualified electricians to give me their stories so we can put them all over our social media and the website to try and give a bit of inspiration to carry on with that path. Yeah. Where can um, any, any people watching this get in contact with you? We've got the Instagram account, which is Apprentice One to One. There's also a LinkedIn group, which is Apprentice One to One as well. There's the website which is apprentice1to1.co.uk. You can subscribe on there with your details. Um, as soon as you do, we send out some email updates of uh, requirements we've got from apprentices. Uh, some of it's for job positions. Some of it's actually consumable materials for things like notepads and talk drivers and all sorts of strange requests coming through. And that all gets sent out on the emails weekly to everyone who is subscribed. And again, with the employers, as new information comes out from government, um, new funding and advice that's available, we send that out as well as updating on the website. Is there a time limit for students? That's one thing I wanted to ask. Uh, obviously, the ones that are being released from their apprenticeships, um, is there a time limit between when they have to find a new apprenticeship before they're released from their college course or learning course? Generally speaking, there was, yes. If you lost your employment, then you had to find a new one quickly to continue in your training. But they actually suspended that rule at the moment because obviously it's not realistic for people to be out job hunting under time pressure. So that, that's not currently an issue. As when that will come back into place, we don't know. Um, no one's given that guidance as yet. But for the time being, if you have actually lost, lost your job, then you're not under that pressure to find an immediate employer to continue with your training, which is good. And we've got a lot of the lecturers to thank for that because they're the ones who applied that pressure to get that resolved. Is, does that apply to anyone at any stage of their course as well so whether you're you know just a few weeks into it or three and a half years into it it's the same 
Yes, I believe so. It's anybody who's in the NVQ apprentice system. Um, if you've lost your employment at any stage, that's just paused for now. Um, when they'll actually change or amend that is an unknown. But I mean, you would think it's going to carry on for at least a six-month period based on the other uh, measures they've got in place at the moment. So let's, um, let's look into the future a bit. And fingers crossed, there won't be much mention of COVID in the next few months. So I think everyone's sick of hearing about it. And uh, everyone just wants to be getting on with their lives, and rightly so. So what do you think the next step going forward would be to, to get the industry back up and running, get people back into apprenticeships and learning? Obviously, you guys there at Apprentice One to One are helping, and there's, there's some information from the government. But it, as you said, it's, it's not really out there for everyone's uh, knowledge, and you, there's not much support sort of from where it should be. No, I mean, that's a big uh, stumbling block in general. It's trying to get the message into employers that in normal terms, um, having an apprentice, if you're a small company or a large company, is both um, socially and financially beneficial. Um, obviously, you have the initial expense while you're taking apprentices into your business, but through the course of that training, there is payback for it as well to both the apprentice and the company employing them. So it's trying to promote that message that it's not a big cost burden to take apprentices on. There is a financial benefit as well. And then into people who are considering a career in trades, that there, there is an active, successful route to being a skilled and competent worker. Um, we seem to have this thirst for, for short course operatives, this incessant training um, of five or six week domestic route courses. And I think it's kind of tarnishing the real skills that electricians need it's not helping and hopefully employers will see that um, they have a responsibility themselves especially some of the main contractors who seem to recruit heavily from the agency sector that if they make that investment in time and people they'll get the payback from that as well with a skilled and happy workforce in their own making and mold it's just to try and promote that positive message really that's the thing, as you say, it's, it's getting them in their own their own mould, and that's a big benefit. If you if you've got someone in who's learned things in a completely different way to the to what to the way you need them, um, that can always be another stumbling block. Whereas if you've got someone who you've got from the start, you can train them and teach them to 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 fit in with your your company, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that, and that's that's exactly what the one to one um, group is trying to promote that that idea and message. Uh, primarily towards smaller sole traders, if you like, because um, historically the mindset that lots of them seem to have is that it's just too expensive to employ an apprentice. But once you've, you've helped that person become a skilled and qualified person, they can actually help you work much faster and make more money. Um, it's not a financial um, roadblock, I don't think. It's just a mindset we need to help people work away from. And in the nicest possible way, you can get them to do all the bits you don't want to do. <laughs> there is also that. I mean, you're giving the valuable experience and training opportunity, so why shouldn't they do a few extra runs to the van and back for you? Yeah, and the shop, get the pasties in. and <laughs> Yeah, the loft work, all the stuff that's a bit messy and uh, unpleasant. <laughs> obviously, obviously, us here at Skullmore Group, we don't condone, condone the use of uh, misusing apprentices in any kind. <laughs> no, Snap, I would never advocate that either. Nice. Mark, I want to thank you for joining us today and giving us some valuable information. And we genuinely hope anyone out there who's watching has found this useful. We will put some links in the description for Apprentice One to One. So if you, um, if you want to get in contact, please do. Or even if you know someone who it might be useful, please get in contact with Mark.
So anyone watching out there, we hope you've enjoyed this. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the notification button to find more videos from us here at SGTV. Sager, who won the World Skills Competition and talking about his experiences in how it set him up as an electrician. My name is Richard Sager. I competed in Skill Electric Competition in 2008, 11 years ago, which I then went on to compete in the World Skills 2009 competition in Calgary afterwards. I won gold medal, which is amazing, I think. Uh, yeah, so I competed in electrical installation, represented Team UK, obviously. I was the first electrical competitor Team UK had ever sent to the competition. So it was a new experience for me. It was a new experience for everyone. The experience changed my life in more ways than I can ever explain to anyone. And it really gave me a set of skills, professional, technical development that accelerated like my career 10, 15, 20 years without a doubt to compete in with like Japanese competitors, French competitors on the world, like the world stage. The only thing I can compare it to is the Olympics. And you're there, you're on this global stage surrounded by international competitors. It was such a unique, life changing experience. I'm so fortunate to have been involved. Since winning, I moved from my small town in Scotland and moved to London to work on some big projects in London. I went from being the only electrician in a company of builders to working on a site which had over 100 electricians on it. Bit of a culture shock. And then eventually, after a year, I started my own business, originally just a small electrical company, wanting to take, the idea was to take a lot of the skills which I learned as part of the world skills experience, the kind of higher level programming skills and develop them and take my business in that direction. So subsequently now, the company which I run, we work in luxury homes, yachts, hotels, and we program the automation systems, the EV systems to create the luxury experience, which uh, high net worth uh, individuals expect in like the world's finest interiors. So now we work on, for example, I've just come back from Barcelona where we, we have a project, a 97 meter boat, which is, will have our systems in it. This afternoon, I fly to Milan to look at a project we have in Milan. We've got a project in Adelaide, Australia, if you can believe that. We're doing a hotel in Ibiza. Like, the scope of work which we're doing is incredible. What started as a very humble electrical apprenticeship has taken me on a journey which I couldn't have made up if I'd wanted to. Uh, I really look back on that small decision of, my mum always said to me, and I couldn't decide what I wanted to do when I left school. I knew I didn't want to go to university, though my teachers probably encouraged me. Maybe that was the best thing for me. And my mum was like, look, if you don't know what to do, just get a trade and then you can do whatever you want after that. That's the best advice anyone gave me. I've done that. I've been able to use the skills and develop and grow and always build on top of what I've learned and then build on top of that. I encourage anyone, if you've got the interest, look at the electrical apprenticeship go to local employers, go to local electricians, knock on their door. That's what I did and say, look, I'm interested. I want to work with you. The way I see it and the, the future of the world that we live in 
is based on the skills and the expertise of young electricians. When we're talking about a world which is driven by artificial intelligence, smart buildings, smart cities, all of it is these core skills and how you want to develop and grow. The opportunities are really endless. Grab the opportunity with both hands. When I was in my small village looking at this opportunity, I didn't realize how good opportunities can be and what they look like when they're presented to you. Like this is huge. It's an awesome opportunity to experience something very few people in their life will get to experience. The host of skills and development you learn off the back of it will set you up for the rest of your life. It really is a career changing decision and a life changing decision to take advantage of the opportunity and take it for all it's worth and build and grow and build and build and build and grow and grow and grow. And grow.